Beruchim Abayim Rabotai, welcome to another edition of our Thursday night class. Tonight we're studying Parashat Hayesara. <clears throat> One of the main themes in Parashat Hayesara is well known. Uh, the Torah spends at least 20 pesukim talking about the purchase of the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. This was done by Avraham Abinu Alav Shalom, dealing with, of course, Ephron and Benechet. It is... Uh, noteworthy to point out why would the Torah spend so many pesukim on a real estate deal? Now, I don't have a problem. You want to tell me Sarah Emenu lived a long life, 127 years, she was a tzaddiket. The fact that she was buried, that's important. The hispent of Avraham, but the back and forth of Avraham negotiating a deal with Ephron and Benecheb, this is very telling that the Torah went out of its way to be very, very long and verbose on something that if the Torah didn't write anything about it, you wouldn't be missing anything technically. So really the question is, why does it spend so much space? Well, we know that in the Torah, space is a premium, and if the Torah decides to talk about something at length, there has to be a reason. Now, <clears throat> that's what bothered me initially when I read the Perashah, why so much pisukim? But it gets, it gets better, or some will say it gets worse. Because if you look at the end of the Perashah, same Perashah Hayasara. Everybody knows Sarah passed away in Perashat Hayasara, but they forget Avram also passed away. So at the end, the Pasuk says, Vayigva, Vayamot, Amin Perechafe, Pasuk Het. Avraham, Beseba Tovai, lived an old, old uh, long life. Vayasif Elamav, and he was collected to his people. Vayikbiru Oto Yitzhak Vishmael. Yitzhak and Yishmael, note Yitzhak is before Yishmael, that means Yishmael made Teshuvah, he put his brother first. <clears throat> and where do they bury him? Me'arat Machpelah. And the Torah comes along and says, Oh, the Ma'arad HaMachpelah, where's that? It's the Ephron ben Soh That's the one that belonged to Ephron. Asher al-Penim Mamreh. Oh, the Ma'arad, just in case you don't know which one we're talking about. Hasadeh asher kana Avraham me'ed benechet. That's the Sadeh that Avraham brought from benechet. Shama kubar Avraham besada eshton. You have to know Avraham is, is buried over there. Now, we know this already. The Torah told us in the beginning of the Perashah, the, the deed the details of this transaction. Now, Avraham is getting buried, and what do they do? They take out the deed again. Just in case anybody wants to know which Ma'arat al-Makbila we're talking about, because you might think there's two of them. It's not. It's the same Ma'arat al that they buried Sarah, and just so everybody knows, the lawyers in the crowd will know, it's the same Ma'arat that was purchased by Avraham from Ephron, but Benahid. Why does the Torah have to come along and repeat the whole Hadgad Yah every time somebody's going to be buried here? Now if you say, well listen, that's the parasha of the purchase, so it's a hayesara thing. Well, it's not so. Because if you go to parashat Bayhi, when Yaakov Abinu alav shalom is going to be buried, and go to Perik Memtet, and Perik Memtet, at the end of the book of Bereshit, and it's going to be Pesukim Lamed. Tonight it'll be to your advantage if you have a Kumash in front of you, because we're going to see uh, Pesukim. So in Memtet Lamed, this is Yaakov Abinu giving his last will and testament to his children. So the Pasuk says, Vaitzav Otam, he tells his kids, Vayomer Elehem Anine Esaf El Ami. So I'm going to be collected to my people. Kibru Otil Avotai, I want you to bury me with my, my fathers. Elamehara, Asher Beste Efron, and I want you to bury me in the Me'ara. Oh, now the reader says, wait, which man are we talking about over here? 
because we know there's so many Me'arat HaMachpelahs. So therefore, the Torah comes along and says the Pasuk Lamed, Asher Oh, the Me'arab Sadaq Me'amchilah. Which one? Asher Alpenem Mamnei Beres Kena'an. Which one is that? Asher Kana Avraham Et Asadeh Me'et Evron Ha'iti La'uzat Kaver Had Gadya Had Gadya. So again, <laughs> now we're talking about Yaakov Avinu telling us that where he wants to be buried. And there they go. Get the title. Get the deed. And let everybody know exactly who the purchaser was, who the seller was, and how they bought it. And if you think that uh, that's not enough, go to the end of Parashat Vayhi in Perik Nun. Pasuk Yud Gimal. So the Pasuk says, Yaakov Abinu, he dies or he doesn't die. And the Pasuk says, Sibam. And the children executed his last will and testament to be buried in Ma'arat al-Makhpilah. Vayisu oto banav arsa kenan, they take him to kenan, vayikbiru oto. Where did they bury him? Bima'arat sadeh al-Makhpilah. No problem, they buried him in the sadeh But wait, which, which Makhpilah? Oh, asher kana, Abraham, et asadeh, l'auzad kaver, me'et efrona, iti, ad penem, amre, ad gadya, ad gadya. So again, I mean, the Torah can't wait that every time somebody's buried in this, in this holy place called the Marat HaMakhpela, all of a sudden we have to rehash the whole real estate deal and go back to the beginning and don't forget Ephron and Abraham bought it. And, and my question was, hey, the 20 Pesukim in the beginning of Hayat Sarah was more than enough. And now you have to write it several other times. Well, the next uh, source that I'm going to bring you shouldn't surprise you. Because we talked about Abraham being buried there, and we talked about Yaakov being buried there. The only one we left out is Yitzhak. But I think it'll be obvious what it's going to say. If you want to look at Yitzhak, it'll be in Perek Lamidhe. In Perek Lamidhe, and it is Pasuk Chaftet. And over here it says, right. Look at Pasuk Chavchet first. Vayu yemei Yitzchak, and the days of Yitzchak were me'at shana u'shmonim shana, 180 years. Next Pasuk. Vayigvai Yitzchak, Yitzchak passes away. Vayamot, vayasef el amav, he's collected to his people. Zaken u'spah yamim. And he was old, and he was, uh, he, was, uh, he was satisfied with his days. Vayikbiru oto Esav v'Yaakov. In this case, Esav comes before Yaakov. Esav was not as... Uh, 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 hospitable like Yishmael was that put his brother first. In this case, Esav stays first. And it says, And where did they bury him? Eh, nothing. Pasuk ends there. Period. When it comes to Yitzhak, forget about the sale. It doesn't even tell us he was buried in the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. Forget about bringing Ephron and Bene'et and the whole Megillat Esther. It doesn't even tell us where he was buried. Now, we assume he was buried in the Barat HaMachpelah. So now you start to say, what's going on over here? Sometimes the Torah will tell you the whole story. And then when it comes to Yitzhak Avinu, the Torah gives us very little information. So that's where we start the analysis. Uh, basically, the question is, uh, what's going on over here? So in order to understand a key, and I'll tell you what got me to figure out this key. Every parasha in the Torah 
has a key to it. And I found the key to this parasha, Baruch Hashem. It's in the Rishonim. It's not my key, but I found it. And I'll tell you how I found it. I'm reading the parasha, and I see that there's two players that Abraham's negotiating with. One guy's Ephron, and the other are called Benechet. Now, Benechet, I'm assuming, are the people of, uh, of the town, Benechet. Now, what is Ephron's uh, role, and what is Benechet? Because sometimes the Pesukim talk about Ephron, and sometimes they talk about Benechet. And even more so, if you look in Hayesara after the sale, if you go to Sheni, <clears throat> in, in, in Sheni, which is Pasuk uh, Yudzayin, so the Pasuk comes along and says, Efron, the field of Ephron, that was in Mamre, and the Me'ara Sherbon, all the trees. It came, it, it transferred ownership from Ephron to Avraham, Le'enebenechet. means, I guess, maybe they were witnesses. I don't know. Maybe they were standing there. in front of them. And then the next pasuk says, kavar Avraham ishto. He buried his wife. I guess after he took possession, now he buried his wife. And the field uh, becomes uh, legal owner is Avraham. Me'et benechet. The first pasuk says, Le'ene benechet. And the second pasuk says, Me'et benechet. What's going on over here? One pasuk says it was in front of them, and one pasuk sounds like it was from them. Me'et benechet. Well, make up your mind. Were benechet spectators? Or were benechet actually the sellers? One pasuk sounds like they were spectators. They were, they were there. You know, you're a witness. You need a notary. So they were the notary for the document. But then the next pasuk says, no, they weren't the notary. They were actually the party. So that's what got me thinking, what are these benechet doing over here? I know what Ephron's doing. That I learned in second grade. He owned the property and he wanted to give it to Avraham. Of course, Avraham knew how expensive gifts are. And therefore he said, I'll take the cheaper route because if you take it as a gift, then he'll pay forever. If he pays, he pay once. And if you overpay, that's it. It's still cheaper than taking something for free, as we know. So I think I found the key. The key is in Pasuk Dalet. Pasuk Dalet is the whole Yesod. What does Abraham Abinu say? Ger v'toshav anuichim Okay, whatever that means. I'm a ger, I'm a toshav. Now, since in previous years we weren't midayek the words correctly, we learned, how's that, Kevin? I need a plot. Sarah is lying in front, in the coffin. She's melefanai. And I need, a, I need a spot to bury her. I apologize if that's the way I communicated this pasuk in previous year. It's a gross mistake. Avraham does not ask for a kever. He asks for ahuzat kever. There's a difference. What is an ahuzah? Well, what is a kever? A kever, we know. It's a plot. But he was asking not only for a kever, he wants what's called ahuzah. Ahuzah literally means a holding. What he was telling Ephron, listen, I have bigger plans for this 
estate over here. This is not only about burying Sarah. I want to have a holding in Hebron. I want to have a family estate and a presence in Hebron. And I'm looking not just for a kever, but I'm interested in Ahuza. Abraham is a Navi and he thinks long term. And he understands that this over here is not only suitable for Sarah, but this will be a great spot for Yitzhak. And now Perashah Yitzhak will get married. Everybody should live to 100 and I guess 20, but they live much longer, 100 and whatever. And then Rivka will be, and then he'll have grandchildren. And therefore, Yaakov Abinu, I mean, Abraham Abinu is saying, this over here to me has to be a, an estate that will belong to our family. And I'm not looking just for one plot. I'm looking for something much bigger. I'm looking for an ahuza. Where do you see in any of the conversation that Abraham was thinking about uh, 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 creating a family cemetery? You only really see, he keeps on saying, the one that's in front of me. Where is it that you see he had any intention? Well, the word ahuza gives it away, but the Gaon de Vilna says something. That is really, really, uh, again, it's prophetic the way the Gaon sees it in the Pesukim. The Gaon says that he finds in this story, the 20 Pesukim, that it is mentioned no less than seven times that either Avraham or Ephron are saying, I need a plot to bury my dead. And Ephron will say, take a plot to bury your dead. Those words, bury your dead, will be written no less than seven times. If you have a homage, let's see. Let's start in Pasuk Dalet. Tenuli ahuzat kever, Abraham is talking. Ve'ekberam meti. Melefanai. Let me bury the dead. That's in front of me. That's one. Go to Pasuk Vav. Shema'enu adoni. Now Ephron is talking. Nesi Elohim atapetochenu. Oh, you're a prince amongst us. Bememhar kebarenu. Kevor et metecha. Bury your dead. Number two. We will not stop you from burying your dead. That is number three. Go to Pasuk Now, Abraham is saying, That's number four. Go to Pasuk Yud Aleph. And over here, uh, uh, Ephron is talking. Lo Adoni, Hasadenatati Lach. On the house, and the cave is thrown in. Number five, go to Pasuk Yud Gimal. Abraham tells Ephron, I gotta pay for the field, and let me bury my, my dead. Go to Pasuk Ted Zayin. And Tetzayin, the Pasuk says, Abraham shells out the money and pays the 400 shekel kesef. And the, uh, the Pasuk comes along and says, uh, over, at that point over there, I'm sorry, Pasuk Tedvav, what's 400 shekel between friends? So the Gaon says, hold it. Why does the Torah have to mention Seven times bury your dead. We're not talking about seven burials over here. Seemingly, we're only talking about the one burial of Sarah. Says the Gaon, no. In these seven times that it's mentioned, the Torah is alluding to all the future people that are going to be buried. And it's going to be six plus one. 
The six are going to be Avram and Sarah. Yitzhak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. And who's the seventh? The head of Esav. Even he gets an honorable mention. And therefore, it is clear that Abraham was not... Now you ask me, where do you see Esav's head over here? I mean, where's that? So the Gaumim Vindal says, well, listen. If you notice the order of the six, as opposed to the seventh, the six say, Kevor et metecha. Kevor et metecha. Bury your dead. When it comes to the seventh, it's written, Metecha Kevor. You're dead, bury. Says the Gaon, there's a difference. We have a tradition that says the Sadiqim, even in their passing, they're alive. Sadiqim don't die. But the Gaon of Vilna says, but they do die. Because there's a concept that's called Tihayatamitim. And Tihayatamitim only happens to the Sadiqim. So if they don't die, what does it mean, Tehayatamitim? So the Gemara Kittuvot says, one second before Tehayatamitim, they die for a second, so they can be resurrected. So therefore, really a Tzaddik, he's put in the grave first, and then he dies after, right before Tehayatamitim, right before resurrection. And that's why when we talk about the six Tzaddikim and Tzaddikariyot that were buried in Merat HaMachpelah, the Pasuk will say, Kevor et Metecha. That first they're buried, and then subsequently they become met, right before Tehayat But when it comes to Esav, Esav, it says what? Rishaim, even when they're alive, they're considered dead. They're dead on arrival. They're dead the day they were born, they're dead. So therefore, when it comes to Esav, what does the Pasuk say? Ve'et metecha kevor. Because Esav is dead initially, and therefore he's a met going in. And therefore, metecha kevor is alluding to Esav. Beautiful, Ga'on the Vilna, and it's Meduyak in the Pesukim. But what do you see from here? Es- Abraham Abinu wasn't looking for a kevor over here. Abraham Abinu, Allah shalom, was thinking for the future, and therefore he wants to have... Ahuzah. Now, one of the members this afternoon asked me a question. They threw a curveball at me in the middle. I said, wait, Rabbi. Very nice Ka'on Vilna. But Adam and Haba. I mean, it, already if you're listing all the people that were there, so why don't you list Adam and Haba? And the simple answer is he didn't bury Adam and Haba. They were buried already. He's only talking about from here on in. But on the spot, I gave a remez. I'm, it's mine, so don't, don't hold it against me. Don't write it in, 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 not in ink, write it in pencil, because it's coming, you know, take it where it's coming from. I did an analysis on the spot that if you look at Abraham's words in Pasuk Dalet, what does he say? And I want to bury my dead. He uses the word melefanai. He only uses that word melefanai one other time. So twice out of the Seven times that is mentioned, the word melefanai is mentioned, which tells me the word melefanai can mean what's in front of me, or melefanai can also hint the met that has predeceased and is already in the me'ara. So it's possible in the two words melefanai, there's already a remez to Adam and Haba. All right, I, at least uh, you know the lady didn't have any pushback on that; she accepted it, and I think it's a good answer, at least uh, you know for being. Uh, on the spot. Milifanai, milifanai. But watch this. Watch this. 
So now it comes out, just some history, so, so we know how Adam and Hava got there. Or how Avraham even got there. It's a big, big subject, exactly why Avraham uh, uh, was interested in the Me'ara in the first place. And there's a famous Midrash, it's in Pirkei Bili Ezer, in I think Perik Lamidvav. And over there it says that when Avraham was uh, being visited by the angels that day. So the Pasuk says, great hospitality, Ve'ela bakar that's Avraham. Abraham started running after the Bakar. Now, what is he running after the Bakar? He's not in uh, Spain. It's not, uh, not the, the bullfights. Where's where he running after the Bakar? Bakar, you don't run. El Bakar rats. Where's he running? So it says one of the Bakar started to run on purpose, and Abraham's chasing it. Where did the Bakar end up running? Into the Ma'arat al-Makbelah. And Abraham all of a sudden walks into this building, and the, the, the Bakar looks at Abraham and says, you, you see why I was running? I want to show you this treasure. All of a sudden, he smells the Raya of Gan Eden, and he sees Adam and Hava there. He saw a light, and he actually saw a very, very precious place, what the Midrash refers to, the opening of Gan Eden. The Balaturim has a remez on this. The Balaturim says that if you take the word Habakar, and you scramble the word Habakar, Habakar also spells the word Hakever. So therefore, not ve'el bakar that's Abraham, but ve'el hakever that's Abraham. The bakar actually was the uh, 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 GPS for Abraham to know where the kever was. I saw from the father of Rav Hida, the Hesed Abraham, he says something incredible, that how does a, how does a cow know where the Ma'arat al is? I mean, uh, you have uh, uh, Bil'am's talking donkey. But how do you have a, 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 a cow that's so smart that knows where the Ma'ara is? He said, because he really wasn't a cow. It was the Malach Rafael that presented himself as Bakar. That was one of Rafael's purposes. And therefore he says, they're going to father, an angel takes on the name of his mission. So we always understood, why is he called Rafael? Because he gives Rafu'ah. But says the Rav, if you take the word Rafael, it's otiyot par el. That he was the par of God. Which means he presented himself like a par. Like one of the ox. In order that Abraham Abinu will be able to know about the Ma'ara. So par el. Now he goes to the Ma'ara to Machpelah. And he sees Abraham and Sarah. And to his shock, they were not buried properly. We don't know exactly how they looked. They, they didn't decompose but they weren't buried. And the Midrash goes on to say, why? Because the ground did not accept them. Why not? Because they were responsible for the curse of the ground. When Adam and Chaba ate from the tree, Borei Olam said to the ground, Arura Adama Ba'avurecha. And therefore the ground, you know, the ground holds a grudge. They're very sensitive to Adama. And therefore the ground, as if to tell Adam and Haba, you caused us to get all this trouble, and now you want, you want to come and, we want, you want us to cover your, uh, your bodies? We're not. Abraham understood that not only is it his responsibility to buy the Ma'arat al-Makbilah for himself, but part of his tikkun is going to be to make sure that he gives Adam and Haba a proper burial. Now what I'm telling you now, comes from a rabbi called the Tzror Hamor. Tzror Hamor was a rabbi called the B. Abraham Sabah. Allah was shalom. He was from the Migurashes Farad. 
He lived in Spain at the time of the expulsion, and he wrote a commentary on the Torah, an incredible pirush, it's a mandatory read, Tzrora Morla Torah, incredible pirushim. And he says something as follows. He says that Abraham Avinu Alava Shalom spent his life rectifying the sin of Adam Arishon. And not only Abraham, Sarah as well. They knew that they came to this world not only to rectify and create their own Jewish history, but to fix the past. Because the Jewish history would be only successful if the rectification of the sin of Adam and Haba would be done. And he goes on to explain in great detail how Abraham did it. And one of his theories is like this, and he's from the Kabbalah, he says. He quotes Midrash and Ne'alam. And then he says from the Zohar Kadosh as well. What was the sin of Adam at the end of the day? It was a tree, and he ate from the tree when he shouldn't have. So basically, it's uh, abusing uh, and mistreating forbidden fruit from a tree. And how do you fix that? So he says, look at Abraham. He spends his entire life in the hotel business. And the business of the hotel is written in the pasuk, Vayita'a. Eshel. Now what's an Eshel? Eshel means a tree. The name of his hotel was Eshel. That is double tree hotels today. But Abraham Abinu Alava Shalom. He plants a tree. And this tree over here would be the name of his hotel brand. And what would he be doing? From this tree he'd be giving out food. But not food that's forbidden. Food to bring the people back to their relief in God. And that's why whenever the guests come to his house, what is the right away Abraham? The Sha'anu. Tata etz. Everything about the tree. And then what does the Pasuk say? Anytime you see Abraham doing hospitality, there's either a tree or there's either an eshel. Says that Abraham, why? Because in order to metaken the head of Adam Rishon, that tree that gave Abraham forbidden fruit, now Abraham is going to plant trees and have trees in order to promote hospitality in the word of God. So he makes a tikkun. Sarah Imenu, as well, was involved in the tikkun of Haba. Not for this class, but I will just promote something that our members should know about. Last year, our good friends from the OU, uh, that's the Kashrut guys, uh, they're also involved in the Torah business. And they called me last year and they said, Rabbi, would you present uh, a commentary of the Orahim Kadosh? A small 15 minute every week, something from the Orahim Kadosh. I said, of course. I looked at the website they started, Old Parasha, and I noticed that Sfaradi commentators were not represented, uh, you know, as well. And then I said, yes, I will present Urahim HaKadosh. And we did it. From Bereshit to Vizot Berachah, if you go to Old Parasha, you can hear a commentary from Urahim HaKadosh. We picked one a week. And I did it. That's it. They called me after I finished and said, listen, we need you to do somebody else now. Another Sfaradi. So I said, you know something? I'm glad you asked. I always wanted to give the perush of the Al-Sheikh. Al-Sheikh Al-Kadosh. Al-Sheikh was a student of Rabbi Yosef Karo, and he would give shi'urim in Parashat al-Shavuah in Sfat 500 years ago, and the Arizal used to attend the shi'ur. So you can understand what shi'ur it was. And the Al-Sheikh, in this week's Parashat, explains how Sarah Imenu was involved in the tikkun of Haba. And that's how they spent their lives. So watch what happens. Says the Yisrael Amor, something beautiful. 
After he buys the Ma'arat the Machpelah, the sale is, 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 is final. Pasuk Yutet. Vaharechen kavar Avraham et Sarah ishto. After finally all it's done, he buries his wife Sarah. Says the Rav, hold it. We know that anytime there's an et in the Torah, an et is always lerabot. Something is extra. Because the pasuk can do out. It can say, Vaharechen kavar Avraham Sarah. Maze et Sarah. Says the Rav, when Avraham walked into the Me'arat HaMachpelah, the ground opened up for Hava. And therefore, Avraham did not only bury Sarah on that day, but et Sarah, et lerabot Hava, the tikkun of Hava was made through Sarah Imenu. And therefore, Abraham, when we come along and say, who did Abraham bury in this parasha? The answer is really two people. If somebody will say Sarah, you say, but the Torah doesn't say that. The Torah says, et Sarah. And therefore, et Sarah comes with a bot that was rectified. And where do you see that she was rectified? Says that I have something amazing. He says... When you see Abraham buying the Me'arat, the Machpelah, you see they always talk about the Me'arat, the Sadeh. The Sadeh, the Me'arat, Shirbo, it's a piece of field, and some real estate, and a cave. All of a sudden, once they bring Sarah to the cave, this is what the Pasuk says. Hasadeh, this is the Pasuk Yudzayim, right before Sarah is interred. Hasadeh, the Me'arat, Shirbo, there's no ets. I mean, that wasn't in the plan. There were no trees over here. There's no mention in the first 16 pesukim about trees. All of a sudden, oh, says the Rav, you know what happened? When they brought Sarah into the Ma'arat HaMachpelah, a miracle happened. All of a sudden, the trees started to go up. And that was an indication to Abraham that this lady made the tikkun of etzadat. And therefore, and therefore, when he came in, he said, now I can bury not only Sarah, but in the merit of Sarah, I can also bury Abba as well. It's Sarah. And I added, if you look at the Pasuk, Vaharechen, Pasuk Yotet, Kabar Avraham et Sarah. Rashi Akadosh gives a rule. I'm not going to go into explain it. It's a grammatic rule. There's a difference between the word Ahar, and Ahareh. The Yud makes a difference. Now I know Ahar means after and Ahareh means after. But when you say Ahareh Devarim, it means right after, immediately after. When you say Ahareh, it means, you know, a while after. I said, hold oh, it, doesn't make any sense this Pasuk. It says, he bought the Me'arat HaMachpelah, Ve'aharechen kavar Avram et Sarah. Aharechen? He didn't bury Sarah long after. The minute he bought the Me'arah, he buried her immediately. The word should not be Vaharechen, it should be Ve'aharken. But based on what we're learning now, that he buried somebody else that day. And that was 2,000 years later after she died. That's Haba. And therefore the Pasuk saying, regarding Haba, it was Aharechen. It happened many years later. Abraham had to make tikkun and Sarah had to make a tikkun. Although Sarah was buried immediately, maybe Sarah was ahar, but Hava definitely was ahareh. And therefore there's a miduyak in the pasuk, ahareh chen kavar et. The et was ahareh 
and therefore the pesukim are fine. So uh, go back. This was all a, a, a digression for a minute. But wh- wh- why did I show you this? I'm showing you this. Abraham Abinu Alav Shalom had big ideas for 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 Hebron. He wasn't looking just to have his wife there. He was looking over here to have a stake in Hebron, to have a, a family plot, and that's much different. Uh, once already, you're going to have the whole family buried in Merat Machpelah. I mean, it turns into an attraction now. Now you're going to have a Jewish presence in, uh, in Hebron. Uh, how many millions of people go visit the Merat Machpelah only because uh, the Tzadikim are buried there? And that's what Abraham wanted. Abraham already wants to create a, a, a spot for B'nai Yisrael Hebron. Now that's not so pashut. Says the Rashbam, one of the Mefarshah Torah, something amazing. Who's Ephron and who's Benechet? Ephron owns the Me'ara. So he has rights to sell it to Abraham for one burial spot. Because that's not going to change the chemistry of the city of Hebron. So you have a tzaddik buried there, Abraham will come on the yard side and make some tehidim over there. But okay, it's not going to become a, uh, you know, a, a Jewish place. But now what's happening? Now all of a sudden he's coming and saying, oh, I have already big plans for this spot over here. There's going to be a landmark for Klaistan. There's going to be a burial spot. I'm not looking for a kevin. I'm looking for Ahuzah. Oh, now Ephron does not have the right to sell Ahuzah. There you got to go to the city council. There you got to go to the zoning board. And who sits on the zoning in the council? That's Benechet. Benechet have to give the right. Because now you're going to change this into, uh, you know, before you know it'll be Lakewood. This is Hebron now over here. <laughs> now you're going to get all these Jews moving in over here to Hebron. And there, there goes the whole, uh, so you can't just come along. What is that? There goes the neighborhood. So therefore, so therefore, we understand. So therefore, Ephron could sign a document and say, listen, I, I'm authorized to sell a kevin because it's not going to change the tilt of the town. But you're not asking for a kevin. You're asking for a huzat kevin. Huzat kevin, that you got to go to the zoning board. That you have to go to, uh, you know, to Benehead. Now, once you learn like that, that is two different sales over here. There's the sale of the huzat and then there's the sale of the kevin. Now we read the Pesukim, it's totally different. Watch how we go back to the Pesukim. The Pesuk comes along and says, Go to Shini. In Shini, the Pesuk says, Vayakom sedeh Efron, asher b'machpelah, so the sedeh Efron, asher lefnem mamreh, hasadeh v'amearah, the field, amearah, asher bo, v'chol ha'etz, the trees, Lavraham became Lavraham. To, to what? The Mikneh. It was a sale. When it comes to buying the grave, I don't need Benehet's approval. There it's They're just observing. Okay, they're bystanders. We don't need them to sign any documents when it comes to just purchasing the Me'ara for the purpose of burying. Sarah, hence it says, 
But look at the next pasuk. Afterwards, Kavar Avraham Mitzara Ishto El Me'arat Sedeh Machpelah Penim Amri Chavro Meskenan Vayakum Asadeh Vameharat Shirbo Avraham Laachuzat Kaber. Oh, now already there was a second transaction. It was Achuzat Kaber, and where's that? Me'et Benechet. That's not Le'ene Benechet. Because the Ahuzah can only come from the council. The Ahuzah can only come from the, from the board. And they made a decision. They said, hey, listen, like you said, it's good to have Jews in the town. They come, they'll spend, we'll put up a souvenir shop across the street from Marat we'll make some business from them. It'll put Hebron in the map. Oh, based on this, we understand something else. And this really goes to the heart of the issue. I mean, by the way, just... Just so you have it clearer. If you don't explain it this way, you got, you're going to have a big problem. Because how are you going to learn Pesukim, Yudzayin and Yudchet, and then Yudchet and Chaf? Without the explanation that the Rashbam just gave us, this is repetitive Pesukim. In Pesuk Yudchet, what does it say? L'Avraham, L'Mekna, L'Ene, B'Nechet, he bought it. L'Avraham, L'Mekna. What does Chaf say? L'Avraham, L'Mekna. It says it twice. How many times did he buy it? He only bought it once. But according to the way we're learning now, no, it's two different sales. Yudzayin and Yudchayat is talking about his deal with Ephron. That, by the way, as, as difficult as the deal with Ephron is, turns out that might have been the easier of the deal. Because that's a personal thing for Abraham. I need a thing for Sarah. But the Ahuzah, that already is going to turn into a, a, a much, much bigger deal if the board is going to allow... Abraham to have such a thing. And they did. And that's a, that's a great thing. Now we go further. But he has to pay twice. But we don't know. Oh, oh. no, very good. He did pay enough. But I'll answer your question. The Mepharshim say that for the grave, he paid 400 shekel kesef. For the Ahuzah, how did he pay with that? By burying Sarah. The burial of Sarah is already the first installment of the, and the Kenyan. And that's what the Pasuk says. Uh, uh, if you look at the Pasuk Yutet, when we talk about the Auzah, Ve'acharechen kavar Avraham etzara ishto. He buried her. And then once he buried her, that established already, you have an Auzah in the land. Now, based on this, we go back to the question that we asked, why does the Torah deem it necessary to repeat the story over and over again? Well, it's something that we actually learned from this week's parasha. There's something else that the Torah repeats a lot. In this week's parasha, and the rabbis learned a lesson. The story when Eliezer went to find a wife for Yitzhak is repeated, I mean, over, I don't know, 50, close to 60 pesukim over here. And the way he said it, and the repeat, and then the way Levant said it, so many pesukim. So the Gemara says, why? Why so much? And the Gemara says, well, Habibim is Habib to the Torah, Sihat Abde Avot. God loves the talk of the servants of the Avot. Forget about the Avot. Even the servants of the Avot, Sihatan Shil Abde Avot. And therefore, when the Torah likes a certain talk, Torah's got all the time in the world. Play it again. Let's hear it again. You know what the perfect example would be? The perfect example would be the Mishkan. Let me talk about something that's repeated. Teruma, Tetzaveh, Vayakel, Pekudeh. Four parashiyot. 
And what do you have to say? Why is the Torah writing it four times? And you have to say, Tankadosh Baruch Hu, he loves the Mishkan. The Mishkan is his presence on earth. And therefore, the things that Akadosh Baruch Hu loves, he's going to talk about. Now, I came to this answer based on something that we learned this week in the Dafayomi. For those that are still keeping pace, we're in the Darim. So on the Darim, maybe it was Daf Yutet or Daf Chaf. Yesterday's Daf, two days ago. The Gemara over there says that uh, if the Jewish people would not have sinned at Heta Egel, you wouldn't really need so many books in the Torah of commentary in the Tanakh. The Jewish library would have consisted of the Hamishah Umshe Torah and the book of Yoshua. And the Gemara says, oh, oh, I understand the Hamishah Umshe Torah. Now, if you don't need any commentary, so it should stop there. Why the book of Yoshua? So the Gemara says, because the book of Yoshua talks about the borders of Israel and talks about the division of the land and talks about the wars that we defeated our enemies and Kivush Eres Israel and it's, it's Habib. And uh, listen, you know, we, we, we can cut out as much as you want, but you can't cut out Yoshua. It's too beloved, the story of Eretz Israel, that the book of Yoshua, regardless whether we did the Egel or not, Yoshua is staying because the content of Eretz Israel to the Torah is Habib. So I said to myself, that's got to be the answer. The answer over here is why is the Torah repeating it over and over again? It's for the simple reason. The Torah loves to talk about Eretz Israel. You know, it's like somebody, he has a, a story that he always tells over, and anytime he gets an opportunity to tell a story, he needs a little segue. Oh, I got a story for you. We heard it 10 times already, but I got to say it again. I love this story. The story of Abraham purchasing the Marat HaMachpelah. So when, when he initially buys it, okay, 20 pesukim. And then it says, Abraham died. Abraham died. When they bury him, oh, you know the story with that? He bought it from Hebron. We heard it already. I'm telling tell it over again. And Yaakov Abinu, he says, oh, you got to bury me over there. Oh, did you ever hear the story with the Ma'ara? What a story. My grandfather bought it from Hebron. What an item. He bought the house. He bought the head. And then when they bury him, Torah says, oh, I don't know if you remember the story because we only said it five minutes ago. But tell you again. The Torah can't wait, and I'm going to tell you why. Not only because this is Habiva, but something happened in this story. Akadosh Baruch Hu promises Abraham in last week's parasha, when, when Lech Lecha, you're going to get this land. And where does Abraham's hold in the land begin? True, he walked around, he took a tour, he built a couple of mezbeahs. But where is his first legal transaction where he becomes an owner in the land? It's in this parasha. The prophecy that God promised Abraham that the land will be his, it starts to take hold, not on the kever. Because the kever, he can be buried anywhere. But once already he gets the ahuzah, now already, the Jews have holding in Eretz Israel, And that's where it started from. It didn't end there. Once already, the Jews have a, a foothold in Eretz Israel, it's going to spread to the rest. And I'll prove it to you 
that this is why this transaction is so significant. It has significance to Abraham as a personal tzaddik that he buried his wife, but that's the side point. The main thing is the ma'asev was siman banim. What Abraham Abinu was doing over he was preparing an ahuzat kever, an ahuzat for Ben Israel. So he's got to start the process. But if anybody thinks that it ended in Hebron, no, no, it started in Hebron. But that ahuzah would spread. And therefore, when the Torah wants to talk about Eris Israel, it says, where did it start? When, when, when a guy talks about his portfolio, the guy has 27 buildings in Manhattan. They say, well, where did it start? Uh, you see this little building over here, and that's why I bought this building over there. And from that, I flipped it, and I refinanced it, and all of a sudden I got this whole... Uh, that's exactly what happens in, in Hebron. It starts from this property over here. But once we got already our uh, holding... It went to the other. Now look at the Pesukim, how Meduyak it is. I'm going again to Pasuk Yudzayin, when he buys the grave. Vayakom Sede Efron, Asheh B'Machpelah, so the Sede Efron that was in the Machpelah, where is this place, by the way? Asheh Lefnei Mamre. Torah gives us very limited location. You know why it doesn't really give me the location? Asheh Lefnei Mamre, that's in front of Mamre. Because you should know the location by now. The Torah already told us in the beginning of the parasha, Kiryat Arba, hi Hebron. So the Torah is not telling you, okay, you should, you should know, uh, it's Lefnei Mamre. No, not, not too much. Look at the next pasuk. Vaharechen, when it's talking about the Ahuzah, Kavar Avram et Sarah Ishto, repeats, El me'arat sedea machpelah, Ashir al-penei Mamre. So far so good. Hi Hebron. More information. And where is Hebron? Be'eris Kena'an. Oh, look at this. Before you came and told me Brooklyn. Now the second basuk. Brooklyn, New York, United States of America. Oh, what's the now all of a sudden they have to give me when I'm filling out a, a passport application. What do you give me all Where's the zip code also? Explanation is because it's telling you that this Ahuzah starts in Penem Mamre, it eventually will stretch out to Hebron, and before you know it, it's Kenan at the end of the day. And therefore, that's why the Torah will talk about this story over and over again, because this is where it all begins in Hebron. This, this, and therefore, this transaction must be discussed. Because Eretz Yisrael is the land of Hashem. And then we have to discuss in all the details how it actually materialized and became part of our uh, portfolio. And from this transaction of the Hauzam. But watch. I know you're sitting and you're thinking, but he forgot the question he asked. He's not answering. What about Yitzhak? He forgot. He's going to let us go now and not answer it. And uh, we know this is an this is old trick. He asked a strong question. He doesn't have an answer. And he's just going to think we forgot about it. What about Yitzhak? So I'm going to tell you, I came to say an answer, and I'm going to tell you my answer, but I have to give credit. Today in the ladies' class, some of these ladies are sharp. You'd be surprised. <laughs> so the, one of the ladies there, Mrs. Sardar, may she live and be well, the wife of uh, the Astaz, she called out an answer, and I told her, this, this is something, something to, to think about. What she was saying, and I, of course she said it in two words, and I, I, that I embellished it, and I said, is that what you meant? Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, 
what her point was, and I think she's correct, she said like this. Watch, 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 watch. I'm not saying nobody else could think of it. I'm sure everybody could think of it. I'm just saying this is what happened today. He said, listen, Rabbi, your point is that you want to show we have Ahizan Eris Israel, and the Ahuzah starts with Hebron, and if any time you mention it, oh, here's where it all began. Yes, that is needed by Abraham and Yaakov that spent a lot of their lives outside of Eretz Israel. But Yitzhak Avinu, he was Olat Temima, he never left Eretz Israel from the day he was born to the day they never stepped foot out. So therefore, you don't need to show me when it comes to Yitzhak, oh, Ahizan, Eretz Israel, he is the Ahizan of Eretz Israel, he is a living Ahizan of Eretz Israel. You don't need to be a proof of the, of the Kiddushah and the holiness of Eretz Israel when it comes to Yitzhak. He is the living uh, embodiment of what it means, Kiddushat Eretz Israel. So therefore, it's almost as if to say, uh, Yitzhak, we don't have to bring this proof over here. The love of Israel is proved from Yitzhak himself. And therefore, you don't need to tell about the real estate. Just look at Yitzhak, look at his life, look at his, look, look at his past. There's not one stamp on it. He never went anywhere. He's, he's in Israel the whole time. Good, that's a good answer. But that doesn't mean it's the only answer. I believe why it's not mentioned is part of the Ma'aseh Avot Siman Nabani. I'm sure many of our members have traveled to Hebron. I make it my business that anytime I go to Eretz Israel to make sure to visit the Avot. How could you go to Israel and not visit your parents? You have to go take a visit to the Tzaddikim in Hebron. Truth is, I try to visit the four holy cities. That's... The tikkun that's supposed to be made, Keneged, Yudke, Vavke, Hebron, Yerushalayim, Svat, and Tiberia. Today it became Elat, Herzliya, and all the other cities. I don't, I don't know exactly what that's Keneged, but it's definitely not Keneged, Yudke, Vavke. It's Keneged, exactly. It's more, more like that. But it's Eretz Israel nonetheless. It's Eretz Israel nonetheless. Better than New York. So, anyway, if anybody ever went to the Ma'arat Machpelah, you'll notice that while we have access to most of the Ma'ara, but we don't have access most of the year to the Ma'ara of Yitzhak Avinu. As our good friend, Abi Moshe, says, Yom Kippur, one day a year we have access. And this Shabbat. I don't know if you're aware that Shabbat Hayesaran Hebron is a very big Shabbat. Where about 30,000 Jews go from all over the world, and they camp out in Hebron, and they spend Hayesara at the Ma'aram, and it's something uh, incredible. And this week, Shabbat only, they move away the Arabs from the Ma'aram of Yitzhak, and they allow the Jews to go in rare form to visit the grave, the Tzaddik Yitzhak Abin. And then after the Shabbat is over, no access anymore. Sakana. The Arabs are there, and we know what happened. There was, uh, go look at the history of the wars that take place of Jews trying to get into Tzagavinu. For whatever reason, we don't have the access. Because they say, it's not Yitzhak, it's Ishmael. So they say, that's our, uh, our guy. And we say, we're talking about Ishmael. Where's Ishmael over there? No, Ishmael. I think the Torah is hinting to us that when it comes to the grave of Abraham, the tzion of Abraham, and when it comes to the tzion of Yaakov, 
There you're going to see that Klai Yisrael has Ahuzan Eretz Yisrael. The Jews can go freely into these areas and you won't even see any Arabs, not by Avraham and not by Yaakov. We go there, we have Minyanim, they have Vatikin Minyan, Minyanim all day long. It's our spot. However, there's going to be one area of the Maratha Machpela where the Ahuza of Klal Yisrael is not going to be shown. It's not going to be evident. Adraba, when it comes to the Tziyun and the Kever of Yitzhak, it's going to look like that the Ahuza is theirs, and if anything, we're the guest. And therefore, it's quite possible that the Torah was predicting when it comes to the burial of Yitzhak, the Pasuk says, they buried Yitzhak. It doesn't even say where. It doesn't review the sale. It doesn't, because over here in this piece of the Mara, you don't see B'nai Yisrael's holding. You don't see B'nai Yisrael's uh, footprint. Adraba. That little area still belongs in the hands of the of the B'nai Ishmael. And therefore, the Torah will not repeat, Asadeh, Asher Kana, Asher Kana, where Asher Kana? We can't even walk in there, Asher Kana. Ahuzat Kaver, Ahuzat Kaver. What is the deed worth when it comes to Yitzhak? We can't even access it. So one day a year, because they made a deal, and then if you stay an extra five minutes, they start to throw rocks at you. That's the Ahuzat. The good news is, that the Achamim tell us, that Pinhas Hu Eliyahu, Pinhas is the uh, same soul as Eliyahu Navi, who's going to herald the coming of the Mashiach. And the Zorah Hadash writes, Pinhas, the numerical value, equals 208. And that's the same numerical value as Yitzhak. Which means that once Pinhas, Eliyahu, is going to reveal himself, then already there's going to be a resurgence of the Tikkun of Yitzhak Aminu. It's not for now. And therefore, there's going to come a time where that spot is going to be opened up. But that's for a, for a future time. And therefore, for us, the lesson to me is, look how different the perashah becomes of the purchase when you start to learn it inside. And you start to look at the words. And you start to see the nuances. And therefore, it is our prayer. That just like Abraham Abinu ala v'shalom, was able to get us into Eretz Yisrael, and it spread from Hebron, and it moved all the way to Eretz Kenan. That we read these pesukim, but Olam should reinstate and take out the deed again. Hashem loves to tell the story. The book of Yeshua was left in Tanakh, regardless, because it tells the story of our hold in Eretz Yisrael. And as a prayer, but Olam should send away all those false residents that claim they have Ahuzah. They don't have Ahuzah. It's not written once in their book that they have Ahuzah. And then the pasuk will be fulfilled. The redeemers will come to Mount Zion. Ich war nervös, was es ist. Ich